The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello and power. good evening or good morning. Welcome to the Port Adelaide preview podcast for the round 14 match against the Melbourne Demons. It'll be played on Friday night at Adelaide Oval. So if you're a Port Adelaide member, get on down. Last week was a bit of a disgrace, I think. But uh, yeah, this week it should be an interesting game. I think we'll get a win. Uh, I'm Portia, and joining me, as is regularly the case, is Macca. Macca, how are you? Morning. Good, good, good. Um, so you've <laughs> how been doing, are we? You've been doing some walking? I went on an 18-kilometre hike today. It was, uh, it was very Absurd. good. Yeah. It was yeah. good. I and liked it. And it wasn't even because your car broke down. That's, that's It wasn't because the car broke down, no. no. That's fantastic news. Really good. <coughs> no, the strange <laughs> things that people do, eh? Absolutely. That's um, it. But here's one that isn't strange, or at least uh, isn't strange for Port Adelaide. Uh, Ollie Wines is signed for four more years, so isn't that great four, news? Four, four, four <laughs> more years. Four more years. Four more years. Uh, good, How good is that? Pretty good. Like we were, I think we were all expecting two, so to get the four, it was like, yeah, yeah. okay. I, I guess he's probably getting about as sick of the bullshit uh, as we are in the media because, you know, as soon as he signed a contract, they're already talking about how he's not going to resign the next one. So this will maybe give him a couple of years of quiet. <laughs> uh, well, at least a couple of weeks probably. But <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's, maybe. Uh, look, that's, that's, a great, uh, that's a great thing. And um, watching him on 360 last night, you know, he loves the club. He loves Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was never really going to leave. Um and I'm sure he's being paid very handsomely for uh, for for this contract. Yeah. And uh, yeah, four years. That's uh, as you said. I think uh, everyone probably expected two. Um, so to get four is uh, pretty remarkable. Yeah. And look, I mean, it's interesting because I've been thinking about other players that get four or five years, um, and you know whether they deserve it or not it doesn't matter. But they inevitably get like they're inevitably considered to be part of the leadership group. Um, mm. And, you know, some of them are, hang around and some of them are Matthew Lobby and they don't. Um, so, as Ollie's already part of the leadership group, isn't he? Is he going to be captain next year, Macca? I think it's a fair chance that he will be captain, for sure. Do you think the Absolutely. contract sort of I, I tells us that? Clear. Yeah, maybe. I think it's pretty clear that he's captain waiting, just mm. whether Boke's got another year left in him, which, to be honest, I think he, he might do as captain. Um, but then he might want to step back from that role a bit and just concentrate on his footy for the last couple of seasons of his career as well. So either way, I'm, I'm happy if it's Boke or Ollie, to be honest. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, I think that even Travis Boke would say that when he became captain, he still had Dom Cassisi around in the team. Um, yeah. And that probably helped him enormously as a young captain. And I think that he would probably see that, you know, and Ollie would probably appreciate it, that if he does take over as captain next year, then for as long as Travis Boke can play, he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, because the thing about Travis Boke, Boke where he is at right now is that he's not doing all right. He's doing, he's, he's, you know, he's still in the side, but he's still yeah. just, you know, a sequence of about four shit games away from his career being over. So, yeah. you know, that that's, and that's just not, not a uniquely Travis Boke case. That's the case for any player that's at that age bracket. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's good for him to be able to hand over while in the team, I think. And I think that might be a part of the view that they're taking with it. And the contract length, like you don't make a, t- a guy who's just signed a two-year contract your captain if you're a good club, really, do you? <laughs> so maybe it's all connected. 
Mm. No, that's right. Mm. Look, I think it will likely happen next year, to be honest, and I'm pretty sure most people will be pretty happy with that too. Yeah, yeah. Look, it'll be a good time for it. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll do it having just played in a premiership. Won't that be nice? Hope so. <laughs> That'd be good. Ah, oh, good, good, good. All right, well, look, we've got a big match this week, and it's a fascinating oh. match, and... I feel really confident about it, Macca, and I probably shouldn't because every time I'd say how confident I am about a game that isn't against the top bottom four side, it's dangerous. <laughs> like that's when it is a danger game. <laughs> Look, it, it is a danger game. Is it going to determine our season? No, I don't think it is. Like if we lose this game, it's not going to determine whether we're a premiership threat or not. Um, having said that, it would be really bloody nice if we won this. To be honest, I, I think winning this game um, with with Melbourne having been in really good form this year, uh, I think that would give the confidence boost to the players, the staff, the supporters um, that, hey, we are here to play, even though we've beaten a number of top eight sides already this year. Well, you see, that's the thing. I think the D's this, one, this one has always stood out as being important over the last sort of three or four weeks. This has always been sort of the game. Um, and hopefully we can do the job. Well, hopefully. Um, if you look at the Demon season, though, like if, if you actually dig in a little bit, it's hugely inflated. Um, it is, yeah. The, the, yeah. They're basically Port Adelaide 2017. They absolutely are. <clears throat> um, they're 8-4 and four for the season. They've had, And if you say that they had six wins in a row before playing Collingwood last week, that sounds really good until you hear that they're against Essendon, St Kilda and Bulldogs at Docklands, against Gold Coast at the Gabba, Carlton at the MCG and Adelaide and Alice Springs. So that was their six wins yeah. in a row. Yeah, Look, yeah, you should be getting six wins in a row. Yeah, absolutely. Look, <laughs> they've probably, um, you know, they've pretty much failed against every decent opposition um, that they've yeah. faced so far. Yeah. Um, but having said that, you know, they're still winning games, even though they are against the uh, Scrubbers. They're yeah. still winning games. Yeah, they are. They're one and three um, against sometimes top that's teams, important. though. They've only yeah. won against sometimes, North Melbourne. You can only play who you play in. It's not uh, it's not their fault that they've been fixtured against uh, a number of uh, bad teams this year, and yeah, you can only beat who you play, and they've beaten them. So, but Maka, isn't that exactly what we were saying last year? Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. Well, let's hope they are Port Adelaide of last year, and they yeah. lose against decent opposition this week. Well, keeping that comparison in mind, I did go through specifically their losses to top eight sides this year, all three of them. And yep. just did a bit of a stat comparison. And it's interesting, the, the, the commonalities between them. So no matter what, Max Gorn's winning hitouts. He's averaging 40-something a game, which is absurd. Um, but uh, when they're losing the top eight sides, they're getting smashed in clearances. They're losing inside 50s. And they're losing tackles and one percenters. Uh, and they're letting... Basically, and, and here's the weird one. In those three matches, they've got had a total of five bounces. So that's when you hold the ball and bounce it and run with it. The opponents yep. have 44 so what it says yeah. is that when the Demons lose, it's because they're not doing enough to fight back the other way when uh, they lose the ball in the centre. Um, they're all midfield. They're all midfield. We knew that was going to be the case with Simon Goodwin. That's how he played yeah. as a player, and that's uh, it's absolutely how he's coaching as a coach. Uh, yeah, so it just got to win in midfield, Macca. And we're a better clearance side than they are. Yeah. Look, they've got about 19 players who are basically identical to mm. each other. Mm. Um a bit Neil Craig, that isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's it's a little bit strange, but uh, look, they've got a lot of sort of inside sluggish midfielders 
um, that win a lot of the bowl. You know, their, their team's not really based around run and, and speed so much. It's more around sort of winning the contested bowl, um, making sure you win it first, get it forward, keep it forward sort of mm. thing. Yep. Uh, yep. Again, kind of pretty similar to what we were trying to do last year. Um, and exactly and how for, Simon Goodwin played. Exactly right. Yep, that's right as well. Um Look, they've got a, a decent team. Uh, I think it's got some holes in it, uh, and hopefully a few holes that we can exploit this week. Yeah, well, I mean, if you if you want my opinion, the main hole they have is that um, if they're not winning clearances, their key defenders are shitty. Because <laughs> yeah. Tom McDonald's playing forward this year. Um, yeah, that's and, right. And that's really it, you know. Os- just... Oscar McDonald's not all that great, to be he's, honest. He's, he's shitful. Um, He's uh, he had an okay year last year. He's probably struggled a little bit this year. Hibbard's Hibbard's a great player. Joel Smith is um, sort of at the start of his career, and he can he can play tall as well. But you know, hopefully, we got a bit of uh, a bit too much height for them this week. Yeah. Um, I think that will play its part this week, as opposed to last week where it was uh, inclement weather. Whereas this uh, this week, it should really. Um, it should really sort of play in our favour, I'm hoping. Well, I mean, it's particularly given like the, the midfield types of players we have. Like, It's not like we've got the silky-skilled, uh, easily thrown-around type midfield. Like, We've got you know some tanks in there at the minute, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we've got some tanks and we've got some really smart players. Like, you know, if you throw Robbie Gray or, in there or, or even Chad Wingard, like you're not just throwing in a, you know outside runner or something. Like, you're throwing in a, a genuinely cunning... A uh, creative player, which is, I think mm. that's exactly what Melbourne will fail against. Um, yeah, well, you, you look at their their team, and you know, you, you look at Jones and Oliver, Viney, Petraka, Harms, yeah, Lewis, yeah. Vince, Brayshaw, Tyson. They're all essentially pretty Front. similar players. Yeah, just like Petraka's you know, a bit more explosive, down, but he's not up. been informed this year. He's not. He's not heaps explosive, I don't reckon. I, I, I think um, he's been exposed a bit himself. <laughs> Yeah, he's probably well. He certainly hasn't. I picked him as being the improver this year, and he yeah, he, he isn't. isn't that. He's no. not lived up to that, but he's still having okay. a good year. Yeah. Um, uh, Young players, but yeah, look, players. all those players are really sort of you know head down, bum up, you know, win the contest ball, get the job done, sort of thing. And I think I feel like we can match that with them this week. You know, Rockliffe, Ebert, Wines, Boke. Robbie Gray, um, Pal Pepper, all these guys can do exactly that as well. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the interesting things about the Ds, again, is um, they've got a high rate of winning contested possession, but they're also hugely handball happy. And the thing about mm. handballing is that it's not a secure possession. Um, so I think this is going to be a really big week for Port players to lay big tackles and turn the game. Um, and hopefully yeah. like midfield that will play that way. Um, Hope so. I think so. I think we do. I think we do. Yeah. I'm pretty confident. We're not as one way as we used to be years and years ago, but we are a little bit, but certainly less than Melbourne. Um, no. The, the good thing about our side coming up against Melbourne is that um, I feel like our midfield is a lot more diverse than what theirs is as well. You know, we've got yeah. the outside runners, we've got the pace, we've got the skill, we've got the silkiness, we've got the X factor, which Melbourne kind of lack a little bit. Yep. Um and as I said, I, I feel like that is certainly one thing that we can hopefully exploit this week. Um, you know, match it against their tough inside ball winners, uh, win the ball ourselves, and then get it out to guys like Motlop and Polek and uh, Sammy Gray and, and these sorts. 
um, who can hopefully have a big impact. Yeah, and I mean, even just between those three players, like there's a huge difference in how difference in how they play. You know, like Sammy Gray is a bit more marking small. Motlop is about pace, and Pollock is really just about sublime skill. You know, like that's yeah. three different types of out, three different types of half forwards. You know, uh, yeah, that's again a big difference, uh, and I think that'll play in our favour, frankly. Um, the one here's one thing though, their forwards this year they're doing good. Like the tall forwards, the two big ones, yes. Hogan and yeah. Tom McDonald, they're averaging three goals a game each which is mm. bloody good for a pair. Uh, they are great at marking. They've got, I think the team's got the most marks inside 50 in the league, which is, you know, they've got a lot of inside 50s to get them from, but you still got to do it, don't you? Uh, you do look, for the first time in uh, about 200 years, Melbourne yeah. actually have decent key forwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably since the first Nixon time Schwartz. since I, since before I had pubic hair just about, I think. Um, <laughs> When they had Schwartz and, and Neitz yeah. running around. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably too much information there. But, um, yeah, look, Hogan and, uh, look, McDonald's been a, I wouldn't say a surprise packer, but I think his consistency this year has been a real surprise up mm, mm. forward. Like, he's kicked multiple goals just about every single game. I don't think he's played um, every game, though. No, he, he certainly hasn't. He's only played seven, but he's kicked 25 goals. Yeah, and he has yeah. his the, the lowest he's had is two goals this year. So he's had uh, two bags of four, a five, and a six to go with that as well. So uh, he can certainly hit the scoreboard, um, which was always going to happen. They, they always needed to find someone other than Hogan because um, yep. otherwise they were just going to be, you know, you know, put two players on Hogan and then they're just going to struggle to score. But that's not really been the case. Mm. Um, we've seen Hogan have some really big games this year. He's he's certainly playing further up the ground than he has in the past. He's winning a lot of the footy. He's almost averaging 20 touches a game. He's almost playing that sort of Nick Rewalt-type role this year. Um, but he is also impacting the scoreboard, as you said. Um, so he's uh, he's in wonderful form. Yeah, uh, I think they were probably hoping Wiedemann would come on a bit stronger than he has. Um, but not to say he's <sighs> far behind. But that you know that he might be a viable second forward already, which is probably unrealistic. Um, well, look, he was coming from a long way back when he was drafted. He missed true. pretty much his whole draft year. He was pretty thin. I think, mm. I think they threw McDonald forward, um, not necessarily through necessity, just to sort oh. of ease Wiedemann into it a little bit more, um, I agree. so he can develop at his own pace a bit. He doesn't need to become that sort of forty goal a year forward straight away. Um, he can probably wait another year or two until he gets his body right and and then can come in and, and start to impact. Um, but, yeah, they've they've got the deadly duo up forward. And thankfully, I think we've got the defence that can stop them. Well, you see, that's the thing is that, um, and I think that's part of why they're being, you know, when they're being beaten in midfield, they're losing is because I don't, I don't think they can afford to play Tom McDonald up forward full time with the team, with the list they've got. I think mm. that I think that if they weren't so midfield focused and so focused on keeping the ball forward as much as possible, then their defenders would get exposed a lot more than they have been. Like there just hasn't been a huge amount of entry into the defence, so that's why they've looked okay. And you know, behind an elite yeah. midfield, you can get away with a, a fairly shabby defence. Um, yeah, and I think that's what they've been doing really. Uh, and again, the blowouts against good sides, I think, has sort of exposed that to a large extent. Um, yeah, you know, but with not... Dixon, Marshall, and Westhoff this week, I'm almost expecting them to debut Harrison Petty, um, and yeah. and throw him in, and because uh, they are lacking that 
kind of second taller option. Yeah. A bit which uh, which Harrison would give them. Um, but yeah, it looks like they've gone a little bit small and hope that they can sort of run off guys like Marshall and Westhoff instead. Well, speaking of guys that are all the same player at the D's, I mean, Dom Tyson's back in as well. So uh, that's another yeah. addition to that uh, contingent. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, but let's talk about us first. Our, our, our yes. huge variety of changes, um, which is obviously very little. Um, mm. We've got Jack Hompshout, Tom Jonas in. That's all right, isn't it? <laughs> oh, look, Jonas in is obviously great. Yeah. Um, I'm just not sure if we should have still played Homshi this week. Um, Why? Because they, they do have a couple of other sort of taller forwards. You know, they've got Fritz up there. They've got Smith up there as well. Um, they're all around that sort of 190 mark. Uh, I would have almost done Jonas for Pittard this week. Hmm. I can understand your logic, but I don't see that making a huge difference. Really? Yeah, maybe not. It just would have been a little bit of extra height and um, and sort of shot down class, I think. Um, yeah. But look, I, I would be ex- expecting Cleary to take Hogan and uh, and Jonas to take McDonald. Um, as I said, I'm very very happy that Tommy's back. Obviously, he's been in wonderful form, all Australian form. Um, so it's great to have him back inside. So, what do you got, Howard doing? Oh, Howard, yes. Hello, Dougal, sitting yeah. there on the bench. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, look, he he can probably take McDonald. To be honest, that's probably yeah, a better right. uh, better matchup. Yeah. Forget that last three minutes that I just spoke about. Yeah. <laughs> scrap that. Uh, we're all good. We're all yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Good. Um, <laughs> and our emergencies this week, we've got three Jacks and an Aiden. Uh, so it's Jack Watts, Jack Comps, Jack Trengove, and Aiden Johnson. Um, do we need pity. to recruit? Do we need to recruit a fourth Jack just so we can fill out the we do. emergencies? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any in mind that you'd really think oh, we should look, pick up? Look, Jack Lacocious might be uh, might be half decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, you know, to have him um, <laughs> make him work his work his way into the team from the emergency list, that'd be good. Um, yeah, that'd that'd be all four Jacks, full house. Absolutely. Four pair, whatever. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be great. <laughs> now, are you surprised that Jack Watts didn't come back in? No, not overly. Um, yeah, no, I'm not. Because who would you drop for him at this point for this match? Probably Thomas. No, you see, I'd rather have Thomas in this week. Because mm. I think he's. Got... I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I... Do you, Do you feel like there's a little bit of the Melbourne situation there, and why he didn't come back in? No, Do you think I, if we if we were playing Gold Coast or St Kilda or Hawthorn or anyone else, he would have come back in? No, no, look, I'm not convinced of that at this point. I think that they're probably having him work on something. I don't know what. Maybe they're having him mm. work on something for finals. I, don't, I have no idea. But what I do think is that if we want... Like for me, I feel like the way we expose Melbourne this week is by interrupting their handball chains and making them accountable. Um and I think that Lindsay Thomas adds a bit more in that respect than what's for this week, for this matchup against so many midfielders. Fair enough. I think he's got that. I mean, we've seen Watts, and Watts, you know, he's, he's good at technical accountability, but like we need physicality this week. Um, mm. And I feel that Lindsay Thomas adds that. 
Um, yeah. Not just in shirt running people, but just in terms of like physical accountability as in, in the tackles and things like that. Whereas Watts will lay a beautiful technical tackle uh, and yeah. it might get paid. But this week, I want to rely on Lindsay to do more of that if I was going to do it. If we're talking about them as a straight slot, potentially, I think. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. The other one who is uh, must be very, very close to getting a game is Jack Trengove, who was uh, very good in the SNFL last week. He's had a very, very consistent season. Um, okay. and he must be uh, knocking on the door if uh, if we choose to sort of rest a, a player or two at some point in the second half of the season. I doubt it, but okay. <laughs> like that, if you if you look at that emergency list of four, like he's still my fourth of the four. You know, like I'd rather have Watson, Hampshire, Johnson in than Trengove. Yeah, probably, but um, yeah, if you want to give. Wines a break or even a break or Rockliffe or someone, then I think you know, Trengo's in the sort of form that um, he can probably fit straight in and, and do a pretty decent job, I think. Oh. Okay, if you reckon. Well, that's why we got him. I, I thought, no, I, you see, we disagree on this because, I mean, for me, he was only ever got as adding competition at training and filling out the SNFL. Um so that's the thing, like from when we picked him up, like that was my opinion and you have your opinion and I guess we're just still divergent on that. So that's okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I really just think he's like, unless we have like legit injuries, I don't I don't think we'll even rest someone for him. I think it's got to be like we lose a key midfielder um, and they're out for multiple weeks. That's the only way he comes in, I see. Really? Mm. It's got to be for injuries. And if we don't have injuries, he doesn't play. And you okay. know, that, I, reckon that, I reckon he would have been told that at the start of the year, you know. Um, yeah, probably. If you, if there's no injuries, you don't probably don't play, and I think he probably knows that. I think he probably, yeah. if he had gone to any other club, he'd be told the same thing. So yeah, I would think so too. Um, all right. Well, look, we'll look at the opposition. Uh, they've made two changes. Uh, Charlie Spargo's out, and Cam Pedersen's out, and Cam Pedersen out is one that interests me. Uh, and the ins are Timothy, Timothy Smith and Dom Tyson. Um, Cam Pedersen is another is a guy who, if he was picked this week, he would have been my Spuds Who Tear Us Apart nominee. Um, because he's... Well, I think he's still recovering from being owned by Hamish Hartler back in 2013 <laughs> at the MCG in round one. Maybe. Um, he's never recovered in my eyes. Well, you see, um, I, I, even though I, he's played some decent football, he's still soft as shit. So I'm, I'm pretty sad that he's out of the team this week. What I find interesting about Cam Pedersen, though, is that when you look at how um, Goodwin wants a whole bunch of the same type of player. Like, he isn't the same type of player as a lot of the Ds. And I think that's interesting. No, well, he's their West off, really. Yeah, he kind of is, yeah? Mm. So I think that he's probably out for conformity as much as anything. Uh, And that's that's an interesting thing that, you know, further down the line, we might look at that sort of thing and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But either way, I'm I'm actually quite happy to see him out, frankly. Yeah. yeah, he's not quite. Sorry, Jared Cameron, Hill. you're not a 188 centimeter inside midfielder. You're tough. <laughs> yeah, like he's not quite a Jared White. He has been against other clubs though, but um, you know he's sort of in that category for me of players that you've got to watch out for because they could just bob up and really be a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but Dom Tyson back in. Obviously, he's missed a few weeks, uh, so I don't know that he'll come in, you know, ready to burst out and destroy the team or anything. But I don't know. Oh, he's a good player and he's played well against us before. And... I'm a big fan of Dom Tyson. He'll come straight back in and fit straight into their first ruck um, movement there and uh, do a pretty good job, I would expect, because he's that sort of player. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. 
Um, da, 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 da. All right. Uh, then we, I suppose we can talk about the rock competition. Now, we've already said Max Gorn's won the hitouts. Uh, he's, I think, the most hit-outingest ruckman in the league. Uh, and he, as far as getting the tap, you'd think he'd beat Paddy Ryan, but whether it matter or not, that's real up to the mids. And uh, history says that like he's still smashing out, smashing hitouts and the losses too. So mm. um, I don't know how much that matters. What do you reckon? Look, I'm not sure. I think he, from memory, he beat Ryder quite convincingly last mm. year in terms of. Um, not necessarily in raw hit-out stats, but in terms of impact. Uh, from memory, we got hammered in the midfield of the MCG last year against them. So Ryder's up against it this year. He hasn't played well against him. Um, hopefully he can this week. Ryder has, um, sorry, Gorn has been in great form. Um, I would say he's definitely the All-Australian Ruckman at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a, a big battle. That uh, might be a match-defining battle, that one. I've got to say, for me, though, like I don't think it will be. Like I think it, I think that if, you know, some weeks you say the winning, whoever wins the ruck is going to get a real advantage, and this week I just don't think it will matter. I think it will. Because we've spoken about Melbourne's strong inside midfield contingent. We've spoken about our strong inside midfield contingent. Whoever gets first possession of the ball, um, we both play fairly similar in terms of wanting to, you know, we're both quite strong in, um, you know, keeping possession. Whoever gets that first possession, uh, that's going to be key this week, I think. That's going to be where the game is won and lost, in the, uh, in the hit-out and whoever gets, uh, whoever gets the clearances. I guess, but, I mean, if talk about, you know our, our, you know, our past games this year and last year, like, if you're looking for which team of the two has the better record of, uh, playing, of being a midfield to a losing ruck, like it's us, right? So whether we win or lose, is it? I don't, well, it should be. How often do Melbourne lose ruck? Pretty rare. Mm. Whereas we've played without Ryder for chunks. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not recently. He played pretty much oh. every game last year and has played every game. Well, he hasn't the most played part every game this year, year has he? Let's see. Well, that's a... yeah, and we struggled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we struggled, but we still won clearances in some of those games, if I recall. Mm. So you know, I, that's that's for me. That's it. Like I, I think, if you take that out of Melbourne, yeah, okay, maybe it could turn it if if somehow Ryder gets the the win on Gorn. But I, I think that we can still do okay if Paddy Ryder, you know, he's just negates pretty much if he just breaks even. Yeah. Um, if I mean, if we if if the rucks break even, like I think we we've got the advantage. Um, yeah. I guess we'll see. It's a tough one. It's a tough yeah. one. Now the Melbourne midfield. We have been talking about the Melbourne midfield. Uh, there's a lot of names there, isn't there? And um, interestingly, some of the names are spilled over into the defence because they're getting a bit old and slow. Um, but let's talk about the midfield first. Clayton Oliver is their best. He's uh, yeah. he's, a, he's a tank of a kid, isn't he? Uh, Twenty nine. He is. He just keeps getting better and better. Yep, he's he is, and he's yeah, he's come out. He burst onto the scene. He's just hanging around. He's doing a bit of an Ollie Wines there, I guess. Um, so I guess they got lucky further down the line after messing up with Swimpers after all. Um, 29 disposals, 7 clearances, and 4 inside 50s is a pretty good average for a young <laughs> number one midfielder in a club. That's uh, pretty amazing. And Nathan Jones isn't far behind. Uh, and as you yeah. already talked about, Dom Tyson, Christian Petraka, Brayshaw, um, Harms, there's a few others as well. Um, yeah, what do you reckon? What, what's the, what do you want to say about the Melbourne midfield maker and how we match up against them? They're big, they're strong, they're scary. Um, 
thankfully we're also big, strong, and scary. So, as I said, Lois, it's just going to be a tough battle. I think it's going to be intriguing watching how this midfield uh, battle plays out. Um, hopefully, we're on the winning side of it because I think that means we're going to win the game. But you know, Oliver's a wonderful player. Jones, um, you know, he's had pretty much the same season for the last ten. Yes, he uh, he's he's just a super consistent player. He is. Uh, we've already spoken about Dom Tyson and uh, how well he can play in the, that midfield as well. Uh, Jack Viney's been back for a few weeks now. Um, he's just getting back into the swing of things. Uh, he can be dangerous on his day. And then they've got a, a lot of guys that can run through there as well, you know, Petrakas and Brayshaws and all these sorts of players too. So, you know, they, they do bat deep. Uh, um, they can change things around if it's not working and uh, and try and find a winning a scenario for themselves. Um, but look, you know, Rockliffe's in great form. Mm. Uh, Ebert's been in better form. Yep. Um, you know, Wines is in arguably career best form as well. Yeah. So, you know, our midfielders are, are looking pretty good at the moment too. So, and as deep. I said a little bit earlier at the start of the show, you know, I think the, the better thing um, about our midfield compared to theirs is that I, I feel like we, is the diversity. That's right. I think we can match them inside. And I think we've got that class element on the outside, uh, which can also kick a lot of goals. And uh, I, f- I feel like that's where we might get an advantage this week. Absolutely. And I look just on Nathan Jones. I just it only just clicked with me that um, you know, each in the last two drafts we talked about her being a, a shorter midfielder that you know is just going to keep playing forever at a consistent level. And I think it's like the year it was Higgins, and the year before it was Ainsworth. Mm. Like that, yeah. Nathan Jones is the template that they become. If anyone that yeah. has been listening to our draft podcasts and aren't sure what we mean by that, by these sort of midfielders are just going to play forever, it's definitely Nathan Jones. So, uh, yes, they do. They do pop up and two in the last two drafts. They do. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the forward line. I guess we've already talked about that a little bit. Hogan and McDonald. <laughs> yeah. Look, they're um, they're, they're dangerous, and we're going to have to be. No doubt on a game to beat them. They do get goals from other avenues, though. Um, mm, true. You know, Neil Bullen probably does this Sam Gray-type role for them. Yeah, um, he sort of plays on that sort of flank. He runs up and back, high half forward, uh, and he kicks goals. He's had a good season. Uh, Melksham has been the surprise packet for Melbourne the last sort of year and a half. He's um, 40, though, I'd say. He is, yeah. But, again, he kicks goals. He's kicked 14 this year. True. Um, and he is uh, well in front in terms of their goal assists as well. So uh, he's a creator as well as a finisher. Um, yeah, Mitch Hannon kicks goals. Fritz mm. kicks goals. Um, you know, they, they do get goals. They, they, they just find a way to get goals, these kids. And, um, you know, they're capable of kicking big scores. They are. Um, but you also... Also on that is the fact that they have such vast midfield supply to that forward line as well. Um, mm. Like it is, it's, it's huge. What, what did I say the stat was before? Like they're top for inside 50s or pretty close to it? Yeah. Second most inside 50s in the league. Um, so it, again, it, I'm not, that's not downplaying the forwards. They've got to still kick goals from them. Um, but they are getting a lot of opportunities. And uh, if you look at the regular, you know, the, the most consistent contributors, like that's still six, seven, eight, nine, ten goals a game. Um, so if you, that's sixty points between them, that's pretty good. But uh, yeah. it's a shootout. I think we, I mean, we've, we've shown that we can get high scores ourselves. So yeah. I guess we'll see. Well, look, as we said, they they are really following that sort of two thousand seventeen port um, uh, path in terms of 
you know, when they play against bottom teams, they score big. They score huge. You know, they've scored a 146, a 159, two 146s and a 159 uh, in consecutive weeks. Yep. Um, against uh, some bad teams. So they, they do know how to score high. Um, even in some of their losses, they've still, you know, scored that sort of 13, 14 goal mark. Mm. Um, hopefully we can keep them to what they did against Hawthorne and Richmond, which was um, well under 10 goals. Mm. Um, if we can do that, then uh, then there's no doubt we'll win the game, I feel, because Good I think job. we'll have the firepower um, up forward uh, to match that. It's just whether one of those key forwards gets off the leash a little bit. Someone like Melksham, who uh, destroyed us last year, if he can come out with a three-goal performance, um, then that's what's really going to put the pressure on. Yeah, I suppose. I guess we'll see. Um, I, I, for me, I think that the forwards might play all right, but I think it's going to be down to our midfield, and I'm sure that the coaches are coaching with that in mind that we're going to make us about midfield. Um, and interestingly, how much how much of a template do you think our second half against Richmond will be for us for using for this week? Well, hopefully a big one. Because mm, mm. I'm wondering whether we'll sort of go to that route. <clears throat> well, that would be good if we can... Take control of, oh, I don't know, I'm just not sure if Melbourne will do what Richmond did. You know, Richmond really sort of played into our hands and allowed us to play that way, whereas I don't believe that Melbourne will do that. I yeah. think they'll still keep some players back. Um, and by back, I mean forward. Um, <laughs> and not sort of push, you know, everybody into the forward half of the field, which is what uh, which is what Richmond did. Um, I, I really can't see Melbourne doing that unless they're, you know, six or seven goals down pretty early on, which I don't think will happen. That's fair. Um, and I guess going on to the Melbourne defence, um, they're all right. Mm. They're all right. But it is interesting seeing uh, that um, Jordan Lewis is now pretty much exclusively a defender and he's not even a particularly accountable one. He's just a, he's just a body these days, just about. Oh, well, he's, uh, he played with Luke Hodge for a number of years and um, he's pretty much <laughs> doing the Luke Hodge role for Melbourne now. Yeah, I guess um, so. He's so, he's the uh, he's the the gentleman down back. He's the one that you know just feeds the ball to all the others and sort of directs traffic and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. no, I guess he does a pretty good job of that. Um, that's yeah, that, that's all. Mm, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> like all of his um, qualitative stats are pretty low. Um, he's low on contested possession. He's only getting about two one percent of the game. His tackling is real low. Um, I mean, to say Jordan Lewis has become the sort of player he is right now where he's, you know, vast majority is uncontested possession as opposed to contested. Like, this is a big change in his game style. Um, but that's yeah. okay. Um, and I guess behind a winning midfield, you can do that. And he's doing all right at that. And again, it'll be interesting mm. to see how good his actual defensive qualifications are when they're under stress. Yep. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the, the tolls down there. Yep. Um, you would think that the obvious thing would be that McDonald will play on Dixon. I thought you were going to um, say that McDonald will shit himself. <laughs> well, that too. But if I was Melbourne, I'd probably put Hibbert on Dixon, to be honest. I agree. Like, he, he doesn't have the height, but Dixon hasn't been clunking his marks this year. Um, yeah, it's a black body play with Dixon. And Hibbert's the type of player that will get 25 touches on someone like Dixon and, and run off and run off him a bit. And McDonald's um, got the body strength of an ocelot, so you know. Yeah, look, you put McDonald on a Westhoff or a or a Marshall, and he's probably going to at least break even, I think. Yeah. Um, whereas on Dixon, I just can't see how that matchup would would work for them. Well, it wouldn't um, 
Nah. So uh, look, if I was Melbourne, that's what I would do. I'd change it up a little bit and see if you can exploit Dixon's uh, lack of accountability, get in his head a bit, give away his you know six free kicks a game as he usually does, and uh, and go from there. Yeah, yeah. Now, how are you feeling about Neville Jetta? He's one of your faves, isn't he? He's had a, a monster few seasons. Um, mm. Does he play on grey or does he play on wing guard? Well, I guess it depends on where they're playing, you know? Mm. Mm, I mean, if I, I would hope that wing guard keeps in the midfield, um, given his monster last couple of weeks, but you would probably expect Jetta to play on Robbie Gray. Um Look, he'll probably do a half decent job. What about suggest. Salem? Well, Salem's not really all that defensive, I don't no, think. He's, um, he's a he's the type of player that I think would play on Sam Gray. I'm expecting Vince to go to Boke uh, to try and shut him out of the game. Yeah, maybe. Um, and Salem to sort of maybe try and run off Sam Gray a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a matchup that kind of works for them because he's not terrible in the air either if he has to be. No. Um, yeah, uh, that's, that's all quite reasonable. Mm. All right. Well, look, we'll move into the game in general. Uh, as a coach, should we be worried about Simon Goodwin? Uh, potentially. Potentially. Um, okay. That's all I've got. Really? I'm trying to think of something smart to say, but I'm just, just not really uh, feeling it. Well, I, I, I think Simon Goodwin is an absolute shit hack of a bloke. Um, I wish him nothing but misery. Um, but look, he's, you know, he beat us last year and, uh, so for that reason, I think, um, you know, are we concerned about him? Probably not. Um, but we just got to be mindful of him. Uh, I just think that Melbourne is probably a team that if you win the first quarter, you probably won the match. Um, I haven't Mm. looked at stats for that, but. Like, what can he do? If it's not working, what can he do with the team he's, he's built? What can he change? Yeah. He could, he, he, you, know, you know, like when you've got a lot of the well, same look, player and it's there, not working. There is, that's true. They do lack that run, as we've said, but they do have, you know, maybe they do throw Tom McDonald back and put, mm. you know, Fritz up front with Smith and, and try and make that work for them. So they do have options if they haven't done Dixon it this year gets so off far. the chain a little bit. No, but they, well, it's true. For the most part, they haven't really had to either. Uh, I haven't looked at the stats from opposition tall forwards, but uh, yeah, fair enough. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't have had to against Richmond. So yeah, yeah good okay. one. Chip bloke, that's all that matters. Yep, yep. And psychological yep. advantage, um, apart from the fact that the Ds have got six wins in a row before they lost to Collingwood, it's got to be poor, right? Like, we just hugely have... Well, look, we've beaten the teams like Melbourne this year, whereas Melbourne haven't beaten the teams like Port this year. No, exactly. Um, So hopefully that does give us the uh, the mental edge. Yes, agreed, correct. Mm. (laughs) And it's in it's in Adelaide, so good. Yes. Yep. Um, All right. Have we got any questions from Bigfooty, Macca? We do have a few, which is good, Sergeant Schultz. Okay. Has asked uh, for safety reasons. Should Matthew Nichols wear a fake moustache and change his name to uh, Mister Snrub tomorrow night? Uh, maybe. I, I I don't know. Like I think that isn't the umpire exit fairly well protected. He should be fine. He should be fine. Uh, yeah. You know, 
he's a tool as well. We know that. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see him in a fake moustache. That'd be funny. I'd like to see anyone in a fake moustache. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's good. Can I, can I just say, just a slight diversion or a huge diversion. My favourite mm. thing about the film Tombstone, which is a film from the 90s, Western, is that they the way they dealt with Kurt Russell wearing a fake moustache, which is that the first time you see him in the film, it's an extreme close-up of his face and his false moustache. <laughs> and so once you see it in that first scene, you go, wow, that looks so fake. You, you, it helps you get over it immediately. Like you don't think about it again for the rest of the film because you already saw it and had that in-depth, yeah, that is the fakest moustache I've seen. And then you can just move on. <laughs> That's it. It's the best way to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Andre has asked, uh, this game is a classic Port 2015 onwards eight-point game um, that we should be a clear favourite in but have dropped over and over. Do either host have a lol ports vibe that a performance like against Essendon is on the books? No. Should we be clear favourite this week? Uh, I don't think we should be clear clear favourite. No. Uh, for me, I think that when we do lose to teams, they're usually a bit more balanced across the field than us. Like when we, we talk about teams being a bit you know shallow, they're usually still balanced well in, across the field in forward line defence and midfield, and they're the yeah. ones that do get an edge on us. Whereas yeah. Melbourne's got you know one huge strength, which is seeing them you know have a you know obviously a successful season and an extremely successful season by Melbourne standards. Mm. Um. But I just don't think there's that same opportunity for us to suddenly be exposed across the whole ground that there is against those teams that we sometimes overrate ourselves against. Yeah. Look, this this game is important. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, you know, there is a lot of teams around us on the ladder. Uh, and look, Melbourne's one of them. And it would be really nice to get a win over them. Um, just to, to leapfrog them a little bit. Um and, and it would say so much for us to win this game, um, to come up against a team that has been in good form, despite you know looking deeper, that may not have that true sort of form that uh, that you would hope. But um, it, it would just say so much and, and give everybody so much confidence if we win this game. Is it going to be the end of the world if we don't if we lose? I don't think it is. I, I'm not going to feel. Um, as pissed off as what I was against Hawthorne and what I was against Geelong uh, if we lose this week. I don't think it's going to determine our, our finals hopes, our premiership hopes if we lose this game, but it would be really fucking nice if we won. I was going to say that maybe if we beat the Ds that could send them in a spiral like the Crows, but I'm just looking at the games they've got coming up and my God, Melbourne's got the easiest fixture I've ever seen. It's absurd. <laughs> like they've got secured next week. And they've got Fremantle in Northern Territory, which is where you want to play Fremantle. Then they've got the yeah. Bulldogs. Then they're yeah. then they're against Geelong, which is probably admittedly a tough one. And then the Crows. That's and, a tough one. Yeah, and then the Crows at Adelaide Oval. So those two, you'd say. Yeah, okay, that's a tough one. Yeah. But then they've got home against so, the Suns, look, if, home, West Coast. And if, if we do want to yeah. jump them, this yeah. is the perfect opportunity we, to do yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. This like, is the opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Yes, correct. Because mm. they'll... they'll just sort of fall over the line in the rest of the season for the most part, um, yep. apart from you know a couple of toughies. So it'll be interesting. Mm, mm, mm. Questions? Yes, yes. Uh, will all of this is from Schultz and Fest? Will all of tonight's questions have the suffix "We want answers"? AFC. 
<laughs> yes. yes. Um, honestly, I, 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 haven't they shut down their entire admin or something like that, the Crows? Oh, I, I don't know what they've done. But, um, I think I read something yeah. about that. I, I, I would have thought, like, I'm not sure. Everywhere I've worked, when the CEO goes on holiday, they appoint one of the lower level managers to take that on that job. You know, that's really Probably. common. So yeah. how, how, the, the work experience girl is uh, is holding fort against yeah, um, you know, 18,000 like, questions from rabid grandmas asking but, about why they're in uh, the position that they're in. But, like, you don't all take, you don't have all your senior managers go off at the same time. So there should always be someone around to answer questions, I would have thought. Yes. Um, oh, well. Um, just heading to Spreaker Chat quickly. We've got a couple of questions here, so I'll just intervene. Um, actually, just comment first. Yep. Warren Young, uh, as who is in Farrant... Oh, sorry. Tredder 16. Interesting, we have four ex-Melbourne players all playing in the Magpies this week. Eh, it's not that interesting. We didn't... You know, they're not like higher-level trades for us. Well, it is. It is interesting. Yeah, but like... It's a strange anomaly. second-round uh, pick. Sure, but it, it is a strange anomaly that we've got four ex-Demons playing in the Magpies. That is a bit strange that they would all come from, you know, one club. But yeah, I just don't yeah. think there's anything to read into it. Uh, Slick Rick has said, "Do you think the bullshit posturing Slick. by Port supporters Ree Hinkley should be reprimanded since Hinkley is a major contributing factor in bringing in trades and holding on to interstate talent?" That's a very good point, Slick Rick. Very, very good point, and it's something that a lot of people do overlook in their uh, rabid. Uh, moments of uh, disgust when we lose games and uh, and you know wish Hinkley out of the club is that uh, he is a major factor of why we have recruited so well and why we have retained players over his uh, tenure. Um, absolutely it is. He's a major reason because of that. And um, that's why I like him. You know, I'm an unashamed fan of, of Ken Hinkley. And uh, yeah, I would... So I said to a couple of friends this week, I would love nothing more than for him to win us a premiership. That would make me... Oh, that'd be great, yeah. No other coach that we've ever had have I wanted to win a premiership as bad as what I really want Ken to do. Uh... Yeah, not as a coach. Like, I wanted Choco to win a premiership, but that was I didn't care who was the coach then. <laughs> Like we just that we needed mm. to not blow our starting concessions completely. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that you can you can credit a bit of that to Hinkley, obviously, um, but most largely it's just down to stability. You know, like that any coach that is in a stable position, players are going to be more interested in going to that club and not leaving that club. Um, mm. The the biggest fear the biggest fear for any didn't work under Choco though, did it? Well, no, it didn't work under Choco because he had a, a huge negative in his personality uh, as far as public perception, um, media perception, and, and being known for asking dumb questions to draftees on draft day. <laughs> sure, but it didn't work for others like Neil Craig and probably a whole host of other play, uh, other coaches of yeah. teams that have lost players. And there's um, always we we just haven't done that. Teams that don't uh, manage to hang on to players, absolutely, yes, mm. correct. And there's always coaches that do get turned over. Um, but stability, like if you have a coach that has been around for five years, I mean, Terry Wallace, Terry Wallace, when he was on his super long stays at a club, like he was fine. He could still get players in from memory. Mm. Um, it's not, it, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. Hinkley, Hinkley has a good reputation because players that, particularly this is working in his advantage, 
is that he coached all the Geelong good boys that are in the media now. So that helps him hugely in terms of having yeah. a positive reputation among players uh, who rely hugely on the media to get their perceptions of what other clubs are like. I mean, that's why every club, every player that gets drafted to Port Adelaide, they go, I didn't know anything about all the tradition and stuff at Port Adelaide. It's the first thing yeah. you hear about from every one of them. But they all hear, probably hear about Ken Hinckley. The first thing they get told when they drafted is, oh, yeah, I've, you know, Ken Hinckley was my assistant coach. He's a good guy, you know, da, da, da. So, yeah, I agree on that. Yeah. His personal reputation is, uh, is great. Um, yeah. But there is also that part that is just he's at a club that is stable and not bottom four. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Moving on, the rubber man has asked that if we lose, do you believe top four is still achievable? Oh, yeah, it is achievable for sure. It's definitely achievable so long as we win the games that we have to win. Um, you know, we've got about six of them coming up straight after this one. So, um, yeah, it's definitely still achievable if we lose. I mean, you know, we're not the only team that changes in form, you know. Mm. Uh, if you look at teams that you'd expect to maybe drop down below us, if, um, I mean, North Melbourne has already done it and I think they'll be doing more. They've had a lot of home games already in this year, so they're going to have a bit more travelling coming up and a bit more hostile crowds. Uh, and Melbourne, because they've, you know, admittedly they've still got a fairly easy draw, but I mean, they've still got, they've got probably more top teams in the second half of the season than they had in the first half. So, um, they can yeah. uh, and who knows what Sydney's going to do? No one ever knows what Sydney's going to do. <laughs> and mm. injuries can strike any club, so who knows? Yeah. Uh, Gremio Power has asked that if we were to lose, would there be any silver linings that could make you feel good about our team despite the result? If so, what would those positive signs be? Probably can't answer that until after the game's actually been played to work out what the positives and negatives of how the game sort of turned out. I can't imagine there being a positive if we lose this game. I think there's always positives when you lose. Um, not that you really want to look for them <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all that much. I but no. um, like, As I said, I, I don't think this is going to determine our season. So if, if we lose, we lose. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be reason behind it. There's going to be parts of the side that played well and parts that obviously didn't play well, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully we'll be discussing a win instead. Look, I mean, for me, for a good thing to come from a loss, it has to be in the form of, well, at least now we've finally dropped player X, yeah? Like, that, you know, they've hung in there, we haven't wanted to unsettle the side after wins, that sort of thing. Like, that's usually when I would say, well, there's a positive, but we're at a stage again, and it's happened a couple of times this year already, where I look at the port yeah. side, I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to drop anyone from this. This is actually pretty good. <laughs> you know, this, mm. this is actually a... a That's a hard team to get into at the moment. I it was looking is. at that before we um, we actually um, started recording. I was thinking, well, who are the expendable players at the moment? And the only one that I can think of is Lindsay Thomas. And I like him in the side. That's it. And he was great last week. Yeah. He was great yeah. and doesn't right. deserve to be dropped. If he keeps playing like that, he won't be dropped. Um, so, yeah, it's a rock-solid team that we've got at the moment. Very, very hard to get into. Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, you could make cases for players being like, if they get dropped, you go, oh, well, whatever. Like, you know, if Jasper Pittard comes out and has one of his headless chook games again, yeah, okay, you might say piss him off. If Brad Eber mm. continues with his tradition of just being the most shit-kick imaginable, yeah, okay, you might at some point say, let's piss him off, but not yet. And certainly not this week against a, a, a midfield-heavy side. Um 
And yeah, if Lindsay Thomas drops off, yeah, okay, you might say that. But for right now, for the form they're in, I'm 100% happy with this 22. It's good. Yeah. Uh, one more question I think we've got. Uh, one great club. Will Ollie maintain his form? Oh, why wouldn't he? I would hope so. Within a season at so. least, yeah. Mm. I think he'd be up there for the best and fairest at the moment. Um, yeah, well, the way we vote, probably definitely. he wouldn't be in all Australian form, but he's probably knocking on the door of the the squad of forty at the moment. Yeah, maybe. Um, if he, look, if he's going to make a case for all Australian, this is the week to do it when the media is actually watching. So you know, mm. sure. Yes. Um, and Interstater has asked, should we make this year's grand final? And assuming all players are fit. How many changes would you make to this week's named side? Uh, well, I mean, not all players will be fit. Like, Harley won't be fit. So that's one that we wouldn't consider. Mm. I would have thought. Oh, wow. Just looking at the footy scores. Um, yeah. Uh, look, I, I don't know that I'd make much no changes, really. Like, who, who would you rush to bring in? I don't know. I mean, Watts is probably the only one, really. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's like, Jesus. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah uh, that's thrown me now. Uh, look, Watts would be the only one that I think would sort of force his way back in. Um, I can't see... I can almost see Jake Need getting a go. Um, I wouldn't want him in. <laughs> no. Well, I guess it said how many changes would you make, not how many changes would exactly. Ken make. So, yeah. how many changes would I make to this week's side? What's in? Don't know who out. See, that's not the sure. thing. Like, it depends on who you're up against as well, because there's going to be, you know, like if you, even if you have Lindsay Thomas and Jack Watts on an in-out basis, like that'll mm. it'll change depending on the opponent which one you'd rather have in. Um, Look, Marshall going into a grand final on his own with Dixon probably scares me a bit, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, I would want what's in there, either with him or instead of him, I think. I think Lindsay Thomas in a grand final, he's either going to kick six goals or he's going to get one handball, and uh, and that'll <laughs> go out like Alistair Lynch sort of or thing. both. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully both. Um, six goals, one handball, that sounds good. <laughs> but what's is the one I said to some mates during the week? Like, what's is the sort of guy that's going to get? He's going to do a Byron picket. I, I feel like he's going to get two touches in the prelim, mm. and everyone's going to write him off, and then he's going to win the Norm Smith. Well, that's for, that's the sort of thing that he would do. For me, what's like like I was talking about earlier in the show? Um, what's is technically excellent. And I think that when you're on the biggest stage and you've got all the, the, the best umpires for the year as, as you know, considered by everyone else, so they actually will pay free kicks accurately and all that sort of thing. Mm. He's exactly the sort of player who will benefit from that sort of scenario. Um, yeah. He doesn't, like, I don't see him as a player that will give away stupid high free kicks for tackling and stuff like that. And he'll be in a position to get free kicks. I think he could be an important player. But for me, the only two changes I'd definitely make this week, we can't make because they won't be fit again this season. And one of them is Hartlett. He can't come in. Mm. Uh, and the second one would be dependent on whether he found form in the second half of the year, and that'd be Sam Hayes. Um, and he's the only other person I'd no. say I would like. To, I would. I would love to have him in. Like you talk about having Jack Watts out as a concern, and then mm. only having Marshall and Dixon. Like if Sam Hayes is coming into form in the second half of the year or in the last five games or something, 
having him in to support a rider and be a third tall forward, it's the only change I would make apart from um, Harleyden. So where does Matty McBroadpants fit in this scenario? Um, Finding form. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I guess he's another one that um, I guess Ken sort of mentioned he's pretty keen to have him back. Um, I I feel like he's someone that everybody has written off, mainly because they've probably forgotten that he's on the list because he hasn't played a game of footy anywhere for almost 12 months now, coming up to. But um, I feel like everyone's sort of written him off. But, you know... On his day, Brody's been a wonderful player and, um, and and can sort of come in and do a similar job to what Hamish was doing at the start of the year. Look, I think at this point we need to be thinking about um, Broadbent as being a Tom Logan. Um, mm. In that he might, he might come in inside and he might play a lot of games. Um, but, that said, he might not. Um, but you're going to have to do better than Broadbent to get in the side, I think, next year anyway. I don't know what's happening with him this year, whether he'll get a shot. Yeah. Well, it sounds like he's back pretty soon. Well, he's what? This year he's 11 years on the list. It makes him, what, he's 29-ish off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely in that Tom Logan zone for me, where you you play him because you need a, a, a good senior player to just be in there. If you're talking about him or Jack Trengove, like if Broadbent was in form, you'd take him ahead of Jack Trengove every day of the week for me. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's just about him finding form. Yeah. All right. And then he's in the emergency that's it. list. That's all yeah. I got. Okay. Good, good, good. Uh, Slick Rick has also asked, is Hinkley protecting Watts this and last week, or is it pure form? I think we said it's play form, mostly. I don't mostly think he's being form, protected. I would think. Nah. And Australia or Denmark? Uh, Denmark, 2-0. Yeah, look, I was just reading a thing about Denmark um, not being concerned about Australian fans who are apparently psychopaths that took five-hour taxi rides to get to the stadium or something. I don't know. Um, but whatever. I, I think Denmark is probably... You'd have to say, you have to say Denmark, but there's not that... We should beat Denmark, really, shouldn't we? <laughs> I don't know. What, they're not that big a country. They're only four million people or something. You know, how no, they, they're not, but they've but they got play. a very good side. They've they got can. a very good side. Yeah. So that's the thing. Yeah, they've got Schmeichel goals. They've got Ericsson. Yeah. Um, a good player. Yeah, they've got a good. They've got a good team. Uh, they've got a better team than what we've got, in my opinion. Um, and they should probably. They should probably get the job done. I would think. Yeah, fair enough. I guess we'll see. Um, might be a draw. Uh, Warren yeah. Young's agreeing, or he's actually got a comment on the Maddie Broadbent thing, saying, unfortunately, I don't think we'll see Maddie anymore. He's been a great servant, but I think a few others have jumped above him in the pecking order. And it's like, yep, there you go. I think so, but I still feel like he's got a part to play. Um, you never write someone off. Yeah, he's going to be hungry. He hasn't played a game of footy for, as I said, nearly 12 months now. He's going to be very hungry to come back into that side. I don't think we forget, like his form at the first half of last year wasn't all that good. Um, I think we forget just how good Brody can be at his best. Um, and, you know, I would I would love for him to come back and, you know, he's one of my favourite players. I, I would love for him to come back and have some form of impact um, at at, uh, at AFL level at some point this year. Look, he because he is so Port Adelaide... Um... He like he was a Port fan before he was drafted and all that shit as well. And um, mm. he's exactly the sort of player that you'd be absolutely thrilled to see him win a premiership with us. But he's yeah. got to earn it. 
He's got to earn it. That's, look, that's really it. Let's be honest. Pittard's not really been in all that good form. Yeah, he's, he's not, been all he's, right. He's definitely couple, couple disposable. Weeks, yeah, he's on the edge of you know. It's again, it's like like one or two bad games. He's out. Yes, Riley Bonney, you could probably say the same thing for. You know, if he just starts to slip ten percent, he might lose his spot. Honestly, um, though, I don't. Everyone for the first half of the season said that Houston hasn't lived up to what he was doing last year and um, should be on the chopping block. So there are spots available for someone like Brody to come in. Because it's not, whilst our defence has been pretty solid, it's certainly not rock-solid, impenetrable sort of thing. I think there's still room for someone to come in. For me, when you talk about the diversity of our defence, um, if you wanted to maintain that, I feel like Brody's definitely directly competing with Pittard, unless Pittard adds what he used to have that Bonner now has. You know, that ability to mm. be a counter-attacking, sort of, not quite quarterbacking, because that's a bullshit term, running-backing, really, I suppose. Um, working yeah. at how to get up the ground and in a good position. Uh, and mm. if Pittard adds that again, he's competing with Bonner and that's great. But at the moment, like if you're talking about generic halfback flanker, which is what Pittard is right now, ha- generic halfback flanker, um, then yeah, he's definitely the, the straightest swap for Broadbent if Broadbent hits horn. So. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, look, we can move on into the final right round, I guess. Uh, winning side for us this week against the D's and the margin, please. For the first time ever, I want to hear what you're doing first. Uh, I'm going to say Port. So I still don't know. I still don't know. Uh, well, shall I jinx it? Shall I say Port by 50? <laughs> oh. uh. No, I don't think that. I reckon probably Port right. by about... I reckon Port by four goals. I reckon that's about right. Mm. Mm. But it's it could a tough one. It it's could a tough out. one this week. I can see Melbourne winning. I can see Port winning. I'm going to say... I say Port by... 11 points. For me, the biggest concern as a fan is if we get up four goals early. Like, if we get four goals up early and then we go into party mode, like, I think that's when we could be punished. Um, yeah. So, but if we just keep playing, you know, consistently with just that little bit extra class, I think we could really smash them. Um, yeah. But my biggest concern is that we go into party time too early. Um, who's your highest goal kicker for Port? I'm going to say Todd Marshall with three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Uh, yeah, well, I guess that's the way to go. Um, I want it to be Lindsay Thomas, but I don't think it will be. Yeah. I think it will more likely be... I think Justin Westhoff. Because he's, he's just smarter than any player they've got in their defence that's tall yeah. enough to match him. Yeah? Because yep. their smart, smart defenders are a, a giveaway a, or have a giveaway a fair bit of height. Um, yeah, and they're tall defenders that they actually play in defence and not super smart or instinctive. So uh, yeah, mm. no, he's. Uh, I reckon West off Samonti and we'll get at least three. All right, that sounds good. Uh, fringe player, I guess with only one change, there's not really any significantly fringe players. Do you think Lindsay Thomas will manage to hold on through this week? I guess is a question. Mm. Or any other? No. You reckon this might be Lindsay? No, I think I think. I think next week they'll bring Watts in for Thomas. Who we got next week? Carlton. Oh, I don't think it matters then. <laughs> mm. That's a bit rough, but kind of true. No. Um, I, I, look, I, I hope he plays well enough to secure his spot, but I feel like unless he kicks you know, four, then mm. 
I can just see him. I can just see that just being the change next week. What? What's for Thomas? Fair enough. Um, I was going to ask you if we're on the premiership track, but we've already both agreed that if we lose this week, we're still fine. So let's not worry about that question. Um, yep. And here's the other one. I have going to ask as usual other games you're looking forward to and i wrote down west coast versus essendon which is being played at the time of recording and um mm. i think i was right <laughs> i think i was right yeah I'll, I'll be watching that in a minute um see what's going on there <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah other than that a big fat night this is looking like a shocking week of is, afl football it is um and just going back to one of the things you said earlier this week about harrison petty maybe getting go he's an emergency for melbourne so um he couldn't Sneak yeah. in and be a pain in the ass, I guess. Be he nice. could sneak in, absolutely. He could, and uh, then we would have to re-record this podcast. Yep, yep. Um, all over again. Yep, all <laughs> over again. Um, look, the game I'm really looking forward to this week is Vic Metro versus Vic Country. Yeah, to be that'll be a big that one, won't it? will be a cracker. Oof, oof, oof. That'll be a good one. It's going to be exciting. Yep. All right, well, look... Uh... I guess that'll do. So uh, thank you everyone for listening in. There are a few people listening live and obviously there might be a few people again that listen on the way to work or to school or wherever else and then some who might listen on the way to the game and then go, oh yeah, we're going to shit it in and then blame us if we lose. I think that seems to be a trend. Yep. Uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, so, Khan Port, I think we will. Khan the Ports. Yeah. Um, Khan Ports. For those wondering that are Melbourne-based fans that are really keen on junior sport, Big Country versus Vic Metro is this Sunday at 12 o'clock at Melbourne Cricket Ground. So it's and back it's to our Fox game. Well. Sorry? It's on Fox. There you go. It's on Fox Fantastic. Well. Um, Which is and it's good. before the Collingwood-Carlton game. So, But fortunately, you can leave and not be sitting with Collingwood-Carlton fans all that much because I think there's yeah. going to be like a, <laughs> one hour and a half gap between that and the second game. So it should be fine. That's it. Good stuff. All right. Excellent. Carports. Can't power. Now the pair. One last hurrah. Loads up. They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motlock couldn't quite. Enright. Good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh!